Welcome to the Well Woman Co. podcast, where we believe that women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, author, entrepreneur, and founder of Well Women Collaborative. My story begins by being set free in an instant from disordered eating and poor self-image for over a decade, which you can read all about in my latest book, Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be. I not only made peace with my body, I stepped boldly into the life God originally intended for me. Now I'm on a mission to help other women experience vibrant health as they pursue the call on their heart. Wellness begins by breaking free from disordered thinking. Sister, it's time to tune out comparison and tune into the truth about who you were created to be. If you're ready for fresh wellness perspectives, real-life tactics, and honest conversations to help you live the life you were designed for, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to listen all the way to the end for a single key takeaway to take you one step forward in your wellness journey today. Welcome to the Well Woman Co. podcast. Women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. Will you join us? Welcome back to the Well Woman Co. podcast and our new Well Biz mini-series for those of us with an entrepreneurial spirit, which I know is many of you. As a reminder, this month will be about Well Biz. Next month, we're going to dive into a mini-series about healthy holidays, holler, December. We're going to be taking a break, a perfect time for you to get caught up on all the previous Well Woman Co. podcasts up until this point, and most importantly, enjoying time with your loved ones. January, we're going to kick off with official season one. That sounds so professional. We're going to be starting with a Well Women series, go figure, and I am so excited for what and who we have lined up for the start of next year, so stay tuned. All right, today, Dr. Lana Cook knows a thing or two about business, leading teams, and making money. And I've noticed that women can easily share the different ways they envision making a difference or providing a needed service or product, but when the conversation turns to money... How much do you want to make? What will you do with the money? What's your plan to make more of it? What's your plan to steward it? This is where I've noticed, and in me personally first, where the conversation can easily get shut down. Weird mindsets get in the way of our earning potential and really being willing to ask for the value that we're worth with our product or services. And if you feel any sort of wall come up when I mention money, this episode is especially for you. Even if you're already creating an income you're proud of, there's slight mindset shifts and practical tips to handling our money that will lead to impact, increase, and influence. Like I shared in last week's episode, this passion of leadership and business um, took an unforeseen turn for me when even recently I, with another business partner, began facilitating local business masterminds in the Twin Cities area, specifically for women, to increase their impact and their income. I believe that first, we need to provide value. First, we need to show up with a servant leadership attitude, and then income is a natural result. 
So buckle up and get ready to listen why you're worthy of adding value with your brilliant ideas and creating revenue streams as a result. Here we go. Today on the Well Women Co. podcast, we have Dr. Lana. Dr. Lana has a heart for helping women entrepreneurs grow their vision and in the process handle the abundance they attract. She opened her first chiropractic clinic in 2010, and since then, she has also opened up two more practices and grown her vision, team, and financial stability. And ladies, I just want to let you know that this woman knows her stuff. I was actually introduced to her recently at an event and heard her speak in person. And you know, when you hear someone talk, you're like, that lady or that man, they know what they're talking about because they just exude authenticity. And so today's guest speaker is a woman who exudes authenticity. And I believe that when there's that authentic authenticity there, it's because they're living it, like they're actually walking the talk. So without further ado, Dr. Alana, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brooke. I'm excited to do this. It was fun to be at that event together too. It was a good experience for me. I'm usually always surrounded by chiropractors. So to be amongst women of many different um, you know, visions and entrepreneurial backgrounds, it was a great event to just sit and listen in. Yeah, it was really fun. And we'll get into your background as a chiropractor in just a moment. Um, but I think it's, you know, important to address there's so many, it's interesting, isn't it? When you, once you get into worlds, there's like, there's a chiropractic world, there's a <laughs> online course world, there's a, I don't know, there's so many different sectors. So it's really fun to kind of broaden their horizon. So let's just jump right into it. Dr. Lana, what drew you to chiropractic and share with us a little bit about where you're at currently? Yeah, sounds great. Um, yeah, so I was one of those kids that grew up in a family that thought everyone went to the chiropractor because I thought, you know, everyone was like my family and we went to the chiropractor pretty you know, frequently. Um, so I, just like you go to the dentist, I assumed most families knew like chiropractic's good for you and it's part of your, you know, wellness portfolio of things you do. Um, and so that's really kind of where I started is just assuming it was normal and that everyone else did it. And, um, my dad was someone who went probably the most in our family and I saw what it did for him because he had a lot of, uh, issues with his spine and he was, you know, in, building houses and doing different things where he would, you know, need to go really frequently. And so from witnessing that, that was part of where I just kind of got the itch of like, okay, I want to go to the chiropractor and learn a little bit more. And so I, she let me shadow her. I think I was like in high school. And then one thing led to the next and I found myself in school. And then the backstory is that I didn't even know this, but my great grand or my great grandmother had brought her kids to the chiropractor, and that would have been in like the 1920s. Yeah, your great-grandmother? Yes. (laughs) So this would have been like the first generation of chiropractors probably because it's a profession that's only been around a little over 125 years. So 
it was just one of those things that I didn't know any of that backstory. But then once I was licensed and it opened my first practice, my grandfather at the time called and said, he told me this like crazy story about him being in a car accident when he was 16. Again, that would have been in like the 1930s and how they took him to the chiropractor. And it was quite a wild story, but I was like, why did you not think to tell me this? Like yeah. at any point before this point. And he was a man that didn't mince words. So you know, I get why he didn't say anything, but it made me start to think about how impactful we can be when we are, you know, sharing what we love and what we know with people, how it impacts lineages. Um, you know, I yeah. start to think about my great grandmother took took her sons because I, from what I heard, it was like she took them there because she couldn't afford to go to the medical doctor. So she just knew if I take them to the chiropractor, they seem to stay healthier and that's what I can afford. And then, you know, my grandfather grew up going to the chiropractor and then he took my dad who then when I was born and I was a colicky baby, he convinced my mom, yep, take her to the chiropractor. That's what needs to be done. And all of a sudden here I am, you know, three or four generations into this realizing, Oh, I think this is totally normal. And this is just how we take care of ourselves. So right. it's just funny when you start to think like lineages. That is funny. And you know what? The same thing happened to my husband. He's a colicky baby, went to the chiropractor at months old and never complained again. And I don't think he's actually complained since. <laughs> he's did, like one of did, those. Did he teach you to go or did you go before meeting him? I did. Yeah. yeah okay. we're, we're, we're pretty, I'm pretty holistically minded. I definitely say I tend to lean on this podcast, um, definitely in favor of chiropractors. And so those listening might be like, why are we talking about, about chiropractic? Like, how does this fit in? Well, Dr. Lana's industry happens to be chiropractic care, but one of the reasons that I wanted her to share with us today is because she's been successful in her chiropractic practice and expanded and become quite a leader because of how she has managed her money and her mindset around money. And so this series this month, we're talking about entrepreneurship. And if you are someone who has a dream or a passion and you want to start a business, maybe you have a business, guess what? Money is a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so we better figure out how to handle it, how to think about it, and you know, ultimately how to make it and steward it. And Dr. Lana, you've done that really well. And so as we get in, I want to get into a little bit about the paradigm of money. What is money? But first of all, I'm really interested when it comes to entrepreneurs of like what motivates us and what motivates you. So what would you say drives you in, because you're a mom, I know you have young kids, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're married. Like you have a lot of things going on. You, you don't necessarily have to create this empire, but why are you doing it? Uh, you know, I just, I'm obsessed with the idea of like human potential and understanding more about how life works through us. And chiropractic has really opened my eyes to many things I wish I would have learned even earlier in my life about how, you know, mind, body, spirit works and health and well-being. Um, yeah. So I think once I've seen it in my own life and it's transformed my own life and how I operate, not only in how I take care of myself physically, but on all other aspects, it's like, yeah. I feel like I have to share it. Um, so that really is what motivates me. That's so good. Secretly, I would love to be a chiropractor or have, you know, a bunch of certifications. Um, but I think my call is to kind of connect people to them. And so I just interview a lot of smart people like you. That's, that's, that's how I, yeah, that's how I get around it. Okay, so let's talk money. I think and I'm, I can speak for myself. Money is something that I've had a hard time wrapping my head around and I have a lot of preconceived notions about. So can you just like break it, break it down? Like what is money? I know that it's 
it's morally neutral. It's not good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like how, how do we start to think of like foundational mindset around what is money? Sure. Okay. Well, you, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's foundationally neutral. And ultimately I think it's our upbringing or different things that have influenced us that make us think it's either positive or negative, which we yeah. can go down that path if we need to. But when, when I try and simplify this, like when I'm talking, especially to groups of students who have a lot of student loans, you know, one of the things I try and paint the picture is money is just the way that we've set up an exchange in our culture. Yeah. And so if you're going to go into business, unless you want people to pay you in like banana bread or apple pies <laughs> or word of mouth by spreading referral, referrals, because that's an exchange too, you know, right. you're probably going to set up the form of exchange to be monetary you know, as far as money fluxing into your business. So that's one way that you can start to neutralize it is you realize like the universe, I use the word the universe, but but some people might put say God or however you want to look at how the like laws of how it operates in our world is that there's going to be an exchange. And so if I serve someone from my heart and, you know, the tool I'm using is chiropractic or the tool I'm using is, you know, if let's say you're a coach or something like that and you're sharing information, you know, that's an exchange. And so they like by the law of this exchange, there's going to be an influx of return to you. You might not know how that yeah. shows up, but many of us that are entrepreneurs have created that exchange to show up in the form of money. So that's how I look at like my end of the bargain is to like provide this great service that I'm passionate about, energized around so that it's worth even more than what I charge for it, obviously, so that I'm setting up the law yeah. of exchange to just again, reward me because I'm providing this, like this, how do you put a price tag on good health and helping families with right. health? Right. Right. Um, so, so yeah. what about you? I mean, can I ask what paradigm were you raised around when it sure. comes to money? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've talked quite a few times about this with my dad. So I kind of had the juxtaposition going where I had my dad's family who was all, I would say, very um, much entrepreneurial mindset and um, creators of whatever they were going to make in life. Um, And so they had a very, what I would consider healthy mindset around money. And like my grandfather, the one that took me or took the family to the chiropractor, you know, he was a veterinarian, had his own private practice, very well off. And so from my dad's side of things, I got this like uh, mindset of like, you're going to work hard and you're going to you work hard for what you want to build. And it's okay to put a risk out there of like, I'm going to bet on myself to go to work and create something. Sure. And so he definitely was also of the mindset of like, be aware of what your loans are at and know what like all the money that you're spending now is going to cost you later on. And so you just had this, I'd say pretty healthy, like there's good loans to take on. And then there's also time to like, buckle in and pay down debt and all that. And so I definitely think I credit him to setting me off on the right foot on my other side of the family, my mother's side, much more blue collar, much more, um, just go to work, get your paycheck. And, you know, you're probably not going to have much left at the end of the month. So, um, you know, I definitely am grateful that I gravitated more towards what my dad was showing me. My dad has owned several businesses still, still is in, uh, an entrepreneur he has a Christmas tree farm that continues to go even though he says he's going to keep like selling it he never does um but before that he like built houses and did construction so um just witnessing kind of how like 
you know, you can create more exchange. And I think that's part of what most people need to start to work around is realizing that it's not a finite number, right? Yes, your job, especially if you're in, in an employed situation may pay a certain amount, you may have a set salary, but there's always ways to come up with ideas that could potentially create more abundance in your life. It's just being creative again. And many of us need to keep challenging ourselves to learn how to be creative like that again. Um, because we may have, we may not have thought like that in a long time. Yeah. And what do you say to the person who maybe didn't grow up with the blessing that you had of an example of entrepreneurship and, you know, a healthy relationship with money? How Mm -hmm. do, how does someone restore that and start fresh to move forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the first part is just even acknowledging it. Like, um, I had a girlfriend that went into business and one of the things that she almost would make a joke out of was she'd say, I'm bad with money. And I was like, you got to stop saying that. (laughs) You're like, this is not going to go well if you keep affirming that. Right. And so, um, you know, she didn't make it. And it was like no shock because the affirmation she kept running in her mind and saying out loud, which is even more powerful, was directly opposed to probably what you need to do to stay in business and create wealth. So, um, you know, we sometimes don't, I don't think that understand the power and the gravity and like what's between our two ears and what we utter out our mouth. Um, and so if you realize that that's you and you want to shift that, it falls on your shoulders to just identify those patterns. I know one of the things I used to say first year in practice, when I would do something and I was 25 years old, so I didn't know so much stuff. Like (laughs) I would just say, I would like make something happen. And then I go, Oh, that was stupid. And I'd say, Oh, that was stupid. And my CA, my assistant at the time, she would catch me. She was much more mature and worldly than I was at that point. She's like, I want to stop saying that. And, you know, and I was like, you know what, that's, she's exactly right. I, why do we beat ourselves up about these things? So I think to answer your question is to identify it first and just even pay attention to what am I feeding myself as affirmations, whether they're uttered out loud or not. And then if I recognize that I have a pretty negative loop going about money, I'm going to need to like really work on digesting information that can help me change that. So listening to things like your podcast and reading books that are, especially if it's like you got a lot of debt, you know, there's no one better probably to get you excited about debt than Dave Ramsey. Um, You know, things that, you know, sometimes you got to face some cold, hard truths of like, I got to get back in control here um, and start to look at this differently. And that's going to require change, which for most of us is not always a pleasant experience. Um, right. But that's how you're going to create something different, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important nugget for people that hear is that to create change, we have to start to use our words. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not enough just to think good thoughts or to think, to try to, to try to like muster up the strength to think right about money. Like you actually have to start saying some of these things out of your mouth. Like there's power in the spoken word. That's actually how our faith increases. So I love that. Um, I would love to hear from you and I don't, maybe you experienced this with some of your chiropractic students. Um, I, I see this pattern with women that they're afraid to sell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't want to be pushy. They, you know, they just, they just want to help a lot of people and they feel uncomfortable around the exchange. Can you kind of speak into that a little bit yes. of how you help women overcome that selling quote mentality? Yeah, I would love to. And I got to kind of think on my feet with this, but it was brought to my attention through something else that I'm going to be speaking at this weekend about how, how many times I think 
it's our lack of confidence and probably in ourself that then holds us back and creates a ceiling that is, you know, self-imposed. And one of the ways around that, I think, is when you are grounded in so much confidence in, for instance, for me, it'd be in chiropractic and that I really trust that your body is intelligent and this world is intelligent and that there's order and perfection here, then I can speak confidently from that place and know that like this person that's standing in front of me is there for a reason and I'm here to help them. And so then it, it doesn't have to be about me or about, you know, what they're going to pay me. It's more about they're here and the universe has given us an opportunity to, to share and like conjugate together here to make something happen. And it's not my job to control that either. So I just get very clear about like, I'm confident in that if I provide the best service that I can provide and feel really good about that, there should be an exchange here. And I'm worthy of helping this person. And therefore that kind of bolsters me up that I got to prepare myself for like the abundance that's going to flux in. If I really truly believe that I can help all these people. Yeah. Um, And that's where I think it comes down to like confidence and conviction in, am I really ready to do this? You know, and, and it's okay sometimes when you need to pause and rest up and re, you know, get your vision clear because I think that a lot of times is what's lacking for people is they're not clear enough yet in what direction they're going to accept the next level of growth. Yeah, that's so wise. Um, real quick, uh, Dr. Lana, on your end, I think the Zencaster is really, it picks up a ton. So I don't, I don't know if you're, I don't know what you're doing because I can't see you. Okay. But if, if you're like on typing or just anything, it it really picks it up. So just kind of be aware of that. I, this is the first time I'm using this um, platform today. Okay. And I'm just noticing even in myself, I have to write notes today instead of type because otherwise you'll hear it on the track. Okay. So well, tell me if I start doing anything. I think I'm just like setting my hands down. But maybe it's like no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's a little crazy. Do you have headphones in? Yeah. Or uh, are you speaking? Oh, weird. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. Um, we were talking about that. Okay. Um, where was I going to go next? I was going to go somewhere next. Oh, okay. So for Anthony, that's going to be recording this. I'm going to start right now. Okay. So just vulnerably in my journey, Dr. Lana, I just want to share this. And I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on it. And then I think we should dive into some of the practicals because you have a lot of really great action steps, I think, for us to start to handle money. But I've been thinking about what I have to offer, right? Like you have chiropractic services to offer and that's your value you're bringing to the marketplace. And for me, at least in this season, it's, it's books and it's online courses. And I had this revelation recently that if I don't charge, if there's no value exchange, then the person, the recipient who is digesting my content via book or via course actually won't get the full transformation that they're after if there's no value exchange. And so it was such an amazing mindset flip that I've recently started to digest and think about that if I don't charge something, like you said, it it just happens to be money. It's not like cocoa beans or <laughs> banana bread, which I kind of would be okay with, I think sometimes <laughs> banana bread. But if I don't require something in exchange, then that person is going to miss out on the transformation that is 
within the nuggets or within my words. And for you, you know, they might miss out on some of the advice that you give them because they don't implement it because it was quote, there was, it didn't cost them anything. And so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if you're recognizing this in your practice, if this is things, you know, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And I, okay. A hundred percent, um, like in the same belief that, you know, if, if we don't have an exchange, don't get me wrong, there's going to be some form of an exchange, but if we don't set it up so that yeah. there's like a value place on it, then I do think we're doing a disservice to the person who has access to it. So yeah. what I see it as is like, <clears throat> let's say you have this real, like I can think of things that I've gone to for seminars and teachings and whatnot that I spent a lot of money on to learn, right? Wow. And I got... Yeah thousands upon thousands of dollars back in implementation ideas and ways to like just change my own life. Right. So a lot of it could be invaluable information when I really start to think about like what it's done for me. But if I wouldn't have had to pay for it, I would have probably been way less engaged in (laughs) getting those nuggets and really utilizing it. So I see that when I've helped other people, for instance, and I want to do the work for them, that it it's it's the it's you're like you're sabotaging them essentially you're doing yeah. it out of the right heart like you want to help them which in some ways it's like you don't think they can help themselves and therefore you're not empowering them right um, so I yes I agree I think the exchange being set up and being a fair exchange is ex- extremely important for both parties yeah and people can feel that you know on the on the receiving end the buying end if they feel your conviction of you need this this will actually serve you in a massive way and that money you're not after the money you're after the transformation but it mm-hmm. starts with a transaction i think is so powerful and so dr lana for the woman listening maybe they're at the beginning of their entrepreneur journey and they're like you know a million dollars seems like in their dreams. How do you, how can you spot someone who you're like, that person is going to go far versus that person is, it's kind of like, how do we determine our own wealth capacity? Mm -hmm. Is there, what's the ceiling? And you kind of mentioned it earlier. Well, I think it, that's a great question. Probably hard to answer one. I think in the sense that I, I like, we have three offices. So I was just talking to um, one of the doctors I work with this morning. I said like, one of my things that I feel best about is my ability to spot someone that I'm like, I would bet on that person. And that's the person I want to have on my team. Right. Because I, I think like I'm a collector of really great people. (laughs) And, um, and I think some of that is like recognizing their like level of, I'm going to work hard and like, I'm not looking for anyone to hand this to me and knowing that there's going to be an exchange, right? We've all been around people who think that other people are supposed to do the work for them and somehow they're still going to get the benefit. It just doesn't work that way. Um, And I think that concept is applied to money too. And um, so one of the doctors I work with right now, she's newly out of school. And I just, I love watching her because now that I've been out 10 years, it's like, she's like a breath of fresh air for me. And also I just see how willing she is to help everyone. And yet also realize like she has high self-worth. You can see it in how she carries herself. Um, and, and I just, again, I can see it in her, but I, with that, and I'm teaching her the same things I've taught myself and I keep working on it, It's just at different scales is that all of us have self-imposed bubbles or ceilings, if you will. It's just the current place we're at. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So if we really Mm want to take stock of where we're at, that's the ceiling. And so to grow past that, I think a lot of times we think it's going to be this like monumental shift when usually I think it's more of a like, okay, and I shifted a little bit here and then, oh, there was a growth curve. And then I shifted a little bit here and there was a growth curve where I went out on a limb and started to pay a double payment on my student loan. And all of a sudden, oh, I got 10 more uh, more clients this month. There's no coincidence there. It's because, you know, you took a leap of faith that I'm ready to move this much more energy through my exchange, essentially, and I'm going to provide value that can create more exchange in my world. So um, that was a big part of how I kind of got into speaking to a lot of students as I wrote down my thoughts in this first book I wrote that was on my my growth curve and opening my first practice and paying off my student loans fast. And a lot of it was just kind of sheer luck in that I was 25 years old. I didn't need a ton of money to live on, but I was starting to make quite a bit of money. And I know I had one worthy goal of that, and that was to pay my student loan debt off. So I knew if I'm going to keep serving and helping more people, well, there's probably going to be more money coming into the practice. I need to have a worthy place to move this goal, and I need to do what I say I'm going to do, which is start hammering that debt so that more can keep fluxing in. And I, I think that's part to ask yourself too is like, are you someone who freely spends too much so maybe sometimes? Are you someone who is miserly with the money and you're scared it's not going to be there so you save every penny and you're not abundant with it? Or are you somewhere in between? Where do you kind of fall? What are like your systems with money like? And then if you can start to um, identify like, you know, the goal I really have right now is I want to get 20 grand saved in an account somewhere so that I can take, you know, this next step in my business. Okay, then break it down into the small steps. So I take I want to I want to get 20 grand saved in the next year. Okay, divide that down into the, you know, month and the week so you can start to figure out, okay, I've got to put away this many hundreds of dollars per week to get to my goal and make it biteable size chunks of like I think I could do that and that would equate to this many more people I'd serve and my schedule could open up or I could do things a little differently so that that production could be there. I do a lot of that mathematical kind of like does this actually make sense? What I say I want on paper, can I actually make that monetarily and mathematically make sense in my mind? And that's another issue I see for a lot of people is they don't know how to look at their business statistically. And therefore it's hard for them to actually wrap around the numbers that it would need to produce in order to get what they say they want to, you know, grow towards. Yeah. Oh, girl, you're preaching to me because I'm the creative. I'm the creator. I just want to create all day long. And I'm like, stats, numbers, what is that? That's for, (laughs) I don't know, my husband or like a CPA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I have recently started to weekly run reports and maybe, you know, that could be one of my small shifts is like you start to do these things daily because what our awareness goes around expands, right? So um, I'd love if you could share a few timeless tactics with us to handle money, maybe things that you did to set up your business um, in a way that has led to success for you. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll say, first of all, if you haven't read the Dave Ramsey Total Money Makeover, I totally read that book. I also would look at John Martini. Um, He teaches a lot about abundance and wealth creation um, and how many of us pay ourselves last when really we should pay ourselves first because we're like the energetic conduit through which everything in our business kind of like houses around. 
Um, so that's I'll put those in the show notes. Okay. Um, but small takeaways starting like right now, no matter where you're at, you know, I would say even if you're a student and you're living on student loans right now, you could still be setting up the habit of putting a small amount of money away weekly. Like it could be $10 that you're not going to touch into a bank account. That's not attached to your checking account. So you can't just move it when you need to. Um, we got to like almost start to hide money from ourselves if we're going to actually like keep it right and not, and not move it. Um, so you want to think about like, where could I set up a conduit that I'm not going to touch? And then, um, if you have debt or student loans or whatever, if you can start to educate yourself on debt, which again, Dave Ramsey's where I'd start, um, and think about like, what does, what is it, what do I actually need to be paying just to at least get ahead of what the interest that's accruing on my debt? So many people who have student loans and aren't paying much on their student loans, their student loans are still growing. So they're becoming, you know, they're becoming impoverished basically because wow. of how fast their student loans are accruing, especially, you know, if you're like me where you went to seven or eight years of college, you know, you have a pretty healthy bill from that. Um, So just being aware that sometimes the smartest thing you can do is to hammer your debt down. It's just that most of us never received any counseling on what really debt does to our financial picture long-term. Totally. Um, So being aware of those things. So savings, automation, and debt reduction accelerated. And then really knowing your stats so that what you can see in your business and your vision, if you are the creative, because I'm like you, or I would rather be the like visionary producing, like thinking of fun, lots of stuff that I want to be doing, but I've learned how to kind of harness it into like, I, if this is going to show up actually in my life, I've got to make the vision meet the like other side of my brain that can actually digest it. Yeah. Um, and so really trying to draft out what that looks like on paper in a business format, as far as production and overhead and, you know, what that actually would mean for income. Right. So those would probably be my three takeaways. I love it. So, um, habit towards saving. And I like what you mentioned there. It's different than what I hear frequently is the key of having it automated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're saying like have it automatically set up so you might not even see it, but it's going somewhere. Um, the second thing, you know, educate around debt, um, get ahead of the interest rates. And then number three is know your stats. Um, and as you were talking, Dr. Lana, at that event that we were both at, something that hit me that I'll never forget is what you said around the fact of imagine you had a million dollars. Imagine you had $10 million, $100 million. Like right now, what would you do with it? And that was such a challenge for me because it's easy to want more finances. I mean, it's just normal, especially in our Western culture. But the reality is a lot of us, if we got the finances that we were wishing for or working towards or hoping on, it would destroy us because we wouldn't know what to do with it. And it'd be gone maybe soon anyways. And so I would challenge people with that sentiment that I learned from you, Dr. Lana, of like, start to imagine you have the amount of finances flowing in that is ideal and maybe even beyond your wildest imaginations. Where would it go? What would you do with it? And that starts to create the awareness um, towards and the capacity to start to hold and to steward this amount of of wealth. And, you know, a million dollars is made up of a bunch of one dollar bills, you know, so it's like when we break it down, it adds up its accumulative effect. And so as we wrap up, 
Dr. Lana, I would love if you could just touch on, since this is a show really directed towards women, um, how do we embrace our femininity in finances? Because it feels like a masculine topic and maybe that's just my growing up, but how do we embrace our strengths into this area of finances in our life? Yeah, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, I think, okay, so we get into masculine. Masculine is like much more force, right? And whereas femininity is much more receivership. And so part of, I think, like women stepping up into this is we really got to work on being receivers. And that is something that we are generally, we are the giver, giver, giver. But femininity is receiving, receiving intuition you know, being the mother that's rooted, um, and we need to work on our receiving. And I think it's certainly in business for us to kind of even, even what's happening out there in the world of entrepreneurship and small business, you know, women having some clout with monetary ability is going to do a lot to change everything, I think, for the better. Wow. Snap. (laughs) That was just a drum. That was just a, um, bomb that you you. dropped. I think we should end on that note. Ladies, if you are listening to the sound of our voices, I want you to tune in. Like right now, stop what you're doing. Like bring your attention back to our voices right now and hear what you had to say, receiving. Like sometimes it can be as simple as starting to have an attitude of receiving. And that starts with like taking compliments. How many of us push off compliments? Someone's like, oh, I love your hair or I love your outfit or you look so great. And they're like, oh, well, you look so good. Like we want to push it back. We're, we're, we're fearful and we're uncomfortable receiving even little things like compliments. So maybe that's a really practical thing we can literally start to do like now this afternoon or this morning whenever you're listening is like start to receive and um, step into something something we talk, an idea we talk about on this podcast a lot is something called original design, like original design mentality. How did our creator create our bodies? Like, let's work with that because there's keys and there's strength in there and that. And this whole original design mentality about taking on, you know, these beautiful feminine qualities that are in our DNA, which is mothering, which is stewarding, which is intuition. Like that's a great strength and differentiator when it comes to finances is being intuitive about like where is going to create abundance, where is going to add value to people's lives and increase the value exchange for both of us. So love that. Um, yes. Dr. Alana, um, is there a number one takeaway that you would want the listeners to walk away with today in regards to money? Oh, well, I think it came from you right there where it's like, Use your intuition to feel where that abundance can come from in your life and then act, you know, like that's the femininity coming through on this is that, you know, the receiver, you got to be willing to receive, but also moving in the direction that is like more inspiration and more of your energy feels like totally in rapport with, or at least you're inspired by, and it scares you a little bit. That's probably where the abundance lies. So I mean, yeah. most of this can get, it's just a matter of creating systems for yourself and sticking to them. Right. Um, so again, kind of that balance of right and left brain. Yeah. So in wrapping up, um, I know you have a lot of great resources. So where can people get a hold of you and learn more? Sure. Um, thank you. Uh, my website is just drlonacook.com. So D-R-L-O-N-A-C-O-O-K.com. Um, 
I think most of our stuff will always be at least available on there. Otherwise, you can find me on social media, just my name, um, and reach out. I would love that. Great. Well, next time you're in the area, um, I'm going to treat you to dinner or lunch or something, and we can um, chat more in person. It's been so valuable. been so valuable. You can give me an adjustment, and I can buy you some really good food or something. Sounds perfect. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, love. Before we get into the number one takeaway today in your well biz, I want to remind us that transaction leads to transformation. If you have a seed of an idea that's been eating at you, it's not too late. If you already have a business in operation, guess what, sister? There's even more abundance available to you. Those with a servant leadership posture in the marketplace, I believe, will outshine and out-earn their competition any day. Why not you? Make sure to check out today's show notes at wellwomanco.com backslash podcast backslash episode 26 to get Dr. Lana's information, connect with her, get some of the golden nuggets that she shared with us today. You can also click the link to join our free Well Woman Co. community, private Facebook group to learn more, get bonuses and extras. So today's number one takeaway from Dr. Lana's sharing is this. Start to read about debt. She suggested to look at your weekly, monthly cash flow and start to draw out how you would like to change and how you could take the first step to getting there. This is an example she shared. Start an automated savings or start paying extra payments on a loan that you want to eliminate. And most importantly of all, I believe in this takeaway today, is to equate your service and your vision and see that you are going to serve more, help more people, and therefore attract the abundance to create to the next level. So with that being said, I hope you're feeling a little bit more comfortable around the conversation for money. I know, and I'll be the first to say, this is an area that I'm weakest in, I'm growing in, I'm stepping into that vulnerability Um, This is something that I don't have a natural skill set for. And you know what? I think a lot of people don't, but it's critical if we want to not only help more people and understand uh, the different ways that we're tracking that and and keeping track of all the things that we're doing, numbers matter. Um, It's also important to know what's coming in so that we can steward it, um, so we can serve with it, and so we can multiply it. So with that being said, you're worthy of being well, you're worthy of making an impact, and you're worthy of making a great income. All right, we'll see you soon.